the last time I started recording, I saw the numbers moving so fast on the bottom and I, I kind of freaked out. It felt like pressure to talk as fast as they were moving. Keep up with the beat, keep the cadence. And I just listened to the fireside chat, the most recent one. If you haven't listened yet, please go do. I mean, if you feel called, if you don't, I guess it's whatever, the people that are meant to will. And I think everybody at Open Lines Radio knows that. It dawned on me earlier that the connecting thread between all of us, whether our opinions about earthly things are different or whatever, from the bajillions of things that separate us, the thing that aligns everybody who's podcasting, doing a radio show here, is that we need we're all in this together. There's this common thread that, yeah, we're separate, but it's kind of bullshit. We're actually all the same, and fundamentally we know it, you know, like, it's weird, the people that perpetrate the stuff that we see videos of that shocks us, and then if we sit with it long enough, not to the extremity that a lot of them are, I don't even know if I'm using the right word, but We've all done things that, should we sit with it, we're we're grateful that cameras don't follow us. We all have a private life and sovereignty. You know, as I was watching these numbers fly by super quickly, and I was thinking about what I wanted to say, and I I had listened to uh, the fireside chat, and um, I was just, I was remembering how she brought up that however small the thing is that we use to count, um, we'll have more of them. So if we use a smaller, you know, if we, if we count by centimeters rather than inches, we get more centimeters. And I forget the phrasing she used, obviously. I'm clearly butchering all of this, but go and listen if you're interested. If this, if this is something that you've sat with I know (laughs) I've always the arbitrary things we put on everything we call them filters or rules and laws and regulations and measurements and time and it's 14 football fields and 18 acres and four yards till 37 minutes past a hair on a freckle or whatever that thing dads used to say to you when you're a little and they didn't have a watch on the more that we measure things and and dissect them down the more we can play with them and that's essentially what it is and this you know everybody's nailed it I'm not saying anything revolutionary here you know the life is but a play the stage of life and and we give it such sincerity and strength by by overlaying these characters these these <laughs> These massive archetypes of giant proportions that take us all down. And they, they're fun to try to beat each time. And we, we read stories and reenactment, and we watch reenactments. I guess you could read a reenactment, close captioning on. I'm not wrong. I just didn't mean the thing that it was right for. All these things, I mean, we can... We can digest it however we want to, and we can say it 
a million different ways, but when it comes down to it, we're born and then we're dead. And the only fundamental strings we seem to grasp at are the ones that point at commonality. The differences disappear, don't they? Am I just making that up or do the differences disappear? When you really sit with somebody, ah, uh, when you really sit with somebody and you sit across from them and you like actually share what you're about, you like really go through your stories and the defenses are down and the rare moments, some people will never have moments like this and some people only have them. When you really get to hear about somebody's life, are you that fucking different ever? Or are you just taking a million different roads, whichever ones you can find, trying to get the same shit? I think that's what it is. And we call some things lost and some things found. It's a fun way to play with the idea that people are are going into uncharted places or going somewhere they didn't mean to go. I put a sticker on my fridge that says, eat no harm. I got it from herbivore clothing. I'm not vegan again. Um, I don't, the labeling just always messes me up. Maybe I could blame the 90s. Let's blame the 90s. Damn the man, save the empire. But, so I put the sticker on my fridge anyways. <laughs> And I did it, it was a two-fold thought, and I could feel the implications of placing this here. Here I am, a 35-year-old adult, placing a sticker on my fridge, and my first thought was, don't put stickers on things, you're an adult. And that's true. I mean, it's just smart. It comes down to it, you know it's going to change, it's a big pain in the ass to get all the sticky stuff off. And, and you know, fundamentally, it might just attach, uh, attract the wrong attention. You don't want to be driving down the freeway. You know, I know this is a fridge. I don't drive my fridge down the freeway, but I'm talking about cars now. You don't want to drive your car down the freeway and have somebody honk at you. I had a sticker stolen off my car. I've had family members refuse to drive or be in my car over stickers. So I put this sticker on my fridge that says eat no harm. And I'm on the fence all sorts of ways about what we consume and how we do it and how I view all the different stages of these things. And when I put this sticker there, I put it there to be pretty provocative, right? Because it's a lot of things I shouldn't be doing. I shouldn't be putting stickers on things. How am I going to resell it with a sticker stuck on the front? I shouldn't be doing all sorts of you know, pot stirring or shit stirring. I should be focusing on something or, or uh, I don't know, cleaning something, I guess. Responsible. <coughs> things. And that's the noise it makes me want to make every time I think about only living the way that other people seem to say and on the surface act like they want me to. But let me tell you something I have learned 
about acting how people want me to. They're fucking lying when they say what they want from you. They're speaking out of turn about something that they don't know any goddamn thing about. And they are doing it because some motherfucker taught him to. And that's the truth of it. There's, have you ever called somebody out on the way that they insulted you? If somebody... I've had people say things like, if you weren't so skinny, I'd think you were hot. Have you ever stopped to like level with that person? And said, hey, what? And like not even got mad. But been like, do you really wish I gained, like I weighed more? Or like, what's the, what are you looking for here? Because I can't imagine my weight is an issue for you. You're just exclaiming. This is a real comment I've got at least four times that I can remember. And I, I, I never stopped to do that. And I now, as a 35-year-old adult and person who's gone all over the board on weight and, you know, everything, I can say it would have been transformative and interesting to respond calmly in those situations. And I can remember the times that I did respond calmly to similar, similar things. Was it often? I liked having fun, <laughs> if you want to put it that way. But it was always interesting. And, and when I grew, grew up, I was so hesitant to use that word. I, I, what did I do when I grew up, darling? I became a restorative justice specialist. And I hated every moment because it was a forced, contrived bonding that should have been sacred. And I think that it was well-intentioned garbage used as a host and vehicle for a lot of other motivations. And I don't feel even able to express like what all of those were. But I feel like if I sat with it long enough, every motivation you could ever imagine would be there. Because that's how many people work in any institution. And what we're going to start realizing, I'm going to start realizing, we'll all start speaking as if it's true, is that every institution, every group that we hate, it's people. And that's just the way of it. And as many people as there are in that group... There's that many different perspectives and maybe there's similarities and maybe, maybe there's contrast and maybe, maybe the similarities are ones we're uncomfortable with, we don't like, we don't agree with, we have a history with. But we're going to start seeing more commonalities come out as transparency. All these, everybody has a camera on them now. People are only going to be hiding things for so long and we can't punish everybody for everything and Jesus isn't showing. I wasn't going to get into that. Should I get into that? It's been 2,000 years. The oldest uh, oldest uh, so-called Christian sects don't believe Jesus was ever going to return, that he wasn't a messiah. He was just a very, very good prophet. And then there's something like 40,000 people who think it's John the Baptist we're waiting for. That 
that he's coming, that he was the real Messiah. 40,000, that's a lot. That's a lot of football fields. <laughs> but I'm just saying it's a really big world and the possibilities are endless. And I feel that even Jesus said himself, I'm not special, it's not me. It's not me you're looking for. Hello? Is it me you're looking for? I think uh, I think there's enough for everybody, and we all know it by looking around. And the shame and the guilt and the anger come from the fact that none of us are good at sharing. Because we're here in an animal experience. And the reality is, there is enough for everybody, but we have to keep moving around. And right now we're in a, we're in a place where our societies are working very hard to be stationary. And the climates will change like they always have, no matter what we do. You can start riding a bike to school. You're still going to lose the coast of some cities and the middle of some countries. And the poles keep shifting. But I think, I think when I realized that cars put out very similar gases to volcanoes, I started looking into... Uh, more about carbon science and I almost wonder if just to make a sacrilege statement if we are not an alternative to the giant eruptions so that when we clinch and pull back that's when the large earth eruptions happen because we're not being active we're not doing our job because the law of the earth is turnover it's Change. One of my favorite teachers ever in the world, Dr. John Brebiescus. I think he was doctor. Maybe he was just Mr. John Brebiescus, my English teacher. He said, uh, The only constant is flux. And he introduced me to Don Quixote. And I will be forever grateful. I had him for three years and summer school, so. <laughs> there is there is a connection there. We understood each other. And I love that about that dynamic. A lot of people never find that with anyone and I'm just so grateful to have found so many people along my path that are just really interesting, cool human beings and they may not be everybody's cup of tea and they may be whatever they are. Fuck it. But it's that authenticity, I think, that is going to be our biggest market. If you want to, if you want to order it that way, I think dollars are brilliant. I think they're a great when they're freely, when everyone is able to freely earn them. There's not anybody that's not allowed to earn money. That's the definition of a slave. When you're freely able to earn currency and earn, you know your things, trade freely with those around you and provide services. I think with honesty and fairness, it's, you know, which is always a process, but never perfect, but I think it's kind of a beautiful system. I think it's only when we have barriers to who can do things. And I applaud America for ending slavery as quickly as it did. It's only here a very short time and uh, at least under colonial rule. I guess it was here before us, but 
us, my peoples. I traced my family back to the Mayflower recently. There, I said it. I've been reading their stories and it's very interesting. They were running. Um, somebody listed as an indentured slave on the Mayflower um, was actually a young man who, single young man who uh, printed a newsletter type, I guess we'd call it, it's probably was a one page type deal. I don't know. They're probably all destroyed. I have no idea. But he printed a letter or something. Um, I could look it up. I'm just being so vague. Uh, that was critiquing the, the monarchy, the religion, and the, and the king. And I, I recently started reading the Declaration of Independence, and it's, it's not, I swear I was made to read it in school, and it's not what I thought it was at all. And I think, I think our ignorance of these things is why we think we're... we're suffering or floundering or drowning or whatever it is we think we're doing I think if we really knew these things oh, oh you can't play in that I'm sorry I know thumbs the brakes just can't play in that um I think there's a lot of interesting things that happened that because we use language that groups people into separates, it makes the individual stories that all came together collectively to end us up where we were, it devalues everybody. I know other people have read them. I mean, I'm finding these sources because another person wrote them and what I'm really doing is speaking down to my past self that made vast assumptions about people and even heart, you know, took on hurt. I felt guilt. I felt very separated and other. I felt powerless about just being stuck in a world full of terribleisms, we'll call them atrocities done by everybody on every side and then I think at the end of the day it comes down to a lot of it just being sensationalism great storytelling I think of Pirates of the Caribbean if they killed everybody who told the story? Everybody died how'd you find out? and that's it isn't it? It was so terrible. What are we all doing here? It's so bad. Why is it usually so good? If we just stay in this moment, just stay right here. It's for the time. And when you feel that trigger come up of, yeah, but something bad could happen. Tell it, yeah, it could. But it's not right now. Right now, it's just this. You can sink into that enough. You can do anything. I promise you. I'm not having any fun. I'm not having any fun.
Slowly I am dying 